speaking with my two besties, with Marin and Sally. Um, we have a lot to cover. We are huge Swifties, and so we're going to be chatting about her and her works, her masterpieces, all that jazz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so nice to, to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so formal. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is such a pleasure to be with you today. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm truly, I'm truly honored and elated to have the girls here with me. Um, so, Sally, you love history. I do. So I thought it would be very funny to... Oh, first... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Um, as this is Hot Girl Energy, I must start by asking each of you, um, what makes you a hot girl? And just a little recap um, for anyone who is not aware of the hot girl energy philosophy. It doesn't, um, it doesn't matter who's calling you hot. It's about what makes you feel hot. So what makes you a hot girl? I think what makes me a hot girl is like feeling smart and like not feeling smart, but like being smart. Like I'm a smart girl and yes. I think that makes me very, very hot. Um, and I think I have nice eyelashes, too. Yeah. It does make me feel hot as well. <laughs> I love those. Those are both fantastic answers. <laughs> okay, Marion. Um, Sally kind of stole my answer. I think um, being feeling like I'm competent when I'm working or, like, doing something is makes me feel very hot. So kind of, like, in the same vein of I feel mm -hmm. like I am capable and I can do things well. Mm -hmm. um, and when... I do not feel like that. That does not make me feel hot. <laughs> um, and then, like, if I'm copying Sally's answer once again, um, I like my hair. I think my hair is nice. I was going to say, I do really like your hair. Thank you. Always. Um, Marin has rocked several different colors and cuts <laughs> over the time I've known her. And um, it always looks good. You've never had, like, a cut or color that I'm like, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> Like every Thank single you. time, I'm always like, wow, she can like, she can really do any color. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I do right now. I really like the money, the money pieces. Yes. I have recently <laughs> learned that that's what they're called when you have the little, I don't know why I'm using my hands to show that. Um, the two pieces at the front that sort of frame your face and are. A, a lot brighter than the yes. recipe. So it works best if you're like mostly brunette or like a red, yeah. but yeah. I like them. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lovely. Okay. So getting into it about Miss Swift. Um, like I said, Sally, mm -hmm. big history girl. Um, yes. So I thought it would be really funny to look at some historical figures that are significant and determine whether or not they would be Swifties. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. First up, um, because Sally is, I was going to say a Watergate fan, but that's not the I... correct way to say it. I will say that I have studied Watergate quite a bit, purely of my own volition, which is, I think it's hot. That's it. I think it's appropriate <laughs> for this podcast. I think that's deeply sexy of me. Really sexy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first up, Richard Nixon. Would he have been a Swifty? I think Richard Nixon 
would have been a fan of her early works, like maybe like debut through Speak Now. Definitely Fearless. Yes. Maybe Speak Now and maybe a few songs on Red, but I think he definitely would have like been like a closet Swifty. There's no way he's like out in the open like singing like raindrops on my guitar or te- raindrops, <laughs> raindrops, raindrops on my guitar, teardrops <laughs> on my guitar. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, th- I he, he would have seen it as a threat to his masculinity, I think, to like be open about his love for Taylor Swift. When she released The Man, he would have said, absolutely not. No, that would have totally shut down any appreciation <laughs> he had of her, I think. Sally, what do you think his favorite song of that early era oh, would have been? Man. Let's see. I'm trying to think. What's like the most like masculine, like or not masculine, but like like male gaze? Maybe. Would he have been a love story guy? I don't. Maybe not love story, but like I'm trying to. I'm trying to think through the. Oh, Marin, you look like you have a good one. Would it be better than revenge? <gasps> oh yes, <laughs> definitely better than revenge. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's literally how he felt about John F. Kennedy. (laughs) That's such a good, yeah, that's definitely it. I I need you to explain that. Like, okay, so for the 1968, or no, excuse me, 19, oh man, now I'm going to fuck it up, but I think it was the 1960 election, Mm -hmm. um, and it he really just fucking hated John F. Kennedy. And they did this one very like pretty famous debate um, for before the presidential election. And John F. Kennedy is like this young guy. He's a good looking guy. He was very mm-hmm. handsome. Very handsome. Not the hottest president in my book. I kind of think he looked like a sun chip. Um, <laughs> but like compared to Richard Nixon, like this is like a supermodel walking out onto the presidential stage. And Nixon, being Nixon, refused to put on any makeup. He was profusely sweaty. Wait, I've heard about this. He literally looked like he was like dying. He looked like he was dying. And they put him next to John F. Kennedy, who's like this brazen god compared to Richard (laughs) Nixon, because he's willing to put fucking powder on his face. Yes. Um, And yeah, he really, Nixon really had some beef with, with JFK after, especially after that. Um, so I think better than revenge, like, is such a good, like, like he truly thought he deserved that, that presidency that year. And so he was like, man, fuck this guy. Like, I'm going to get my revenge on him. She's not a saint. She's not what you think. She's an actress. It's true. And then the misogyny just sprinkled throughout. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's his favorite part about it, actually. (laughs) He's like, I love it when she (laughs) insults the other woman. favorite part <laughs> fabulous yeah, definitely the internalized misogyny for nixon uh okay or actually not even internalized just a straight just up straight misogyny and i yeah. love overt misogyny <laughs> he said that's my favorite kind i want her to be explicit with her misogyny literally <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so our next up is queen elizabeth the first who is she for um the rest of us we are less familiar with no, you're totally okay. good. Yeah, um, and so I will say, I do. So I have a history, a degree in history. That does not mean I know anything about history. <laughs> Let me be very explicit. Um, but generally, so Queen Elizabeth I reigned in the 17th century. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, 16th through 17th. I also specialized in um, 20th century American history. Oh, yeah. um, so this is a little bit of a reach for me. Um, but she was the longest reigning um, 
monarch of England, which actually Elizabeth II may have passed her now. I'm I think totally she sure. did. Because the 70 year may have been, she yeah. may have beat. Oh, wait, the first okay. Elizabeth. Sorry. I'm a, yeah. I'm a watcher of, well, I've only seen the first season, The Crown. So this is mm-hmm. the current queen's mother? No. No, Queen Elizabeth I is from, like, like think Shakespeare. 15, oh, 60, yeah. like, the way Elizabeth back in the day. Okay. Like, did you ever see the show Rain? No. Okay. I it's apologize. Like, no, you're fine. Mary, Queen of Scots, was her older sister, right? Ooh. They were cousins. Cousins. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, just think, like... Old time. Like, Shakespeare, Elizabethan, yeah. the ruffs, the, the big... The yeah. yes. She had, like, the clown makeup on because oh, yeah. her face was riddled with pox scars. Like Aww. No eyebrows. Yeah. Bad teeth. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, yeah. The she big, sounds really beautiful. The big forehead was, like, a big, like, yes. fashion statement. She was very, like... Her hairline started, like, at the top of her head. On purpose? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, like, used yeah. to pluck out the front <gasps> hairs and oh, the forehead. Yeah. I think it was something about, like... It made you look smarter because, like, the big brain. Oh, big brain. <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> she said, having a huge, enormous forehead makes me a hot girl. <laughs> that being said... Would Queen Elizabeth I, with her huge, enormous, hot girl forehead, have been a Swifty? I want to say yes, but also part of me thinks that she would have seen Taylor Swift as, like, a competition for the public eye. Oh, yeah. So, because she was, like, famously known as being, like, the virgin queen. Like, she would not get married or produce any... That does not mean she was a virgin. That does not... Um, she wouldn't... <laughs> Um, she refused to get married or like produce any children because they would have been a threat like to her power. Um, That's kind of girl boss. It's gaslight gatekeep girl boss, and she, <laughs> she did all three. She invented it. <laughs> she was the blueprint. So I feel like she would not have been a Swifty purely for that reason. Okay. So, like Richard Nixon, not the man. I do think Queen Elizabeth the first would have loved like the man if. She had a song that she wanted to listen to. She oh, yeah. loved that song until she found out it was Taylor Swift. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's like, it does make me laugh, though, um, because if you played that song specifically, like, very pop, if you played that for someone from the 1600s, their head would explode on. Like, <laughs> that's, although I did see a tweet the other day that was like, you know, you say that, like, eating a talkie would kill, like, a Victorian <laughs> child, but they were, like, working 14-hour days in a coal mine, so maybe it wouldn't. They were pretty, like, sturdy. I, I know. also, I saw this thing the other day that was, like, no, what people forget is they were, like, doing hard drugs, like, <laughs> regularly. That's true. true. They had, um, I mean, there was cocaine and Coca-Cola. Yeah. They regularly sold on the streets in, like, Victorian England these little, like, medical packs they were full of heroin. <laughs> like, they were, they were accustomed to, to doing the hard stuff. Well, isn't there a theory about, like, the Salem Witch Trials that there was, like, shrooms around that area? Which is have, why what? people thought that there were witches, like, in that, in the... Oh my gosh, movies. I've never heard that. I think I it's just that. a theory. I don't think it's been proven, but I think there were, like, strains of a certain mushroom that they're, like, this could explain why people were going crazy and, oh like, gosh. hanging a bunch of people for being witches. Also sexism. Also yes. sexism. <laughs> yes. Still rampant. That's so crazy though. I'll have to look into that. That's really interesting. Yeah. 
Um, okay, next up is Genghis Khan. Yes. Quick, <laughs> Swifty. Quick background, though. Explain why. Defend your argument. Um, maybe it's just because I want him to be. I don't know. <laughs> he was a bad guy, so I don't know why I'm so okay. like, oh, he's a Swifty, but like... Everything I've heard about him gives girl boss energy, though. I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he would have been like, okay, like, I can get down with this. Maybe he's like in his reputation era. He's hmm. in his reputation era. He is... Yeah, okay. I would agree with that. I feel like reputation might be a little bit wrong because Genghis Khan never, like, had to deal with being, like, shut out of the public eye or, like... Oh, that's fair. Like, that he was true. always, like, conquering, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. he never faced any, like, big enemies that took him down. Yeah, no, he won consistently. So, I'm... And he now, know. like... Have you heard the statistic that... Okay, so for context, to for answer context, your question. Sorry. I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> Genghis Khan was a Mongolian conqueror. Yes. Um, and he pillaged a lot of villages. He united a lot of land. Well, I say united, but he, you know, conquered a lot of lands. Um, and it's interesting to think about the fact that... I, I think There's a crazy statistic that, like one third or something and i might be getting that wrong but like one third of the entire population of the planet today is somehow related to genghis khan because he he was he was a busy man oh um not like a good way though yeah um yeah so i think he would have appreciated like the girl boss aspect of it yes I, I would agree. Actually, I would agree with him being in his reputation era, but like in the worst, most toxic way possible. <laughs> no, yes. Well, that one, I, reputation is a special place in my heart. Yeah. Because she really just sort of leaned into the whole, this is how the public sees me. So like, I can't remember. There's another line in one of her songs. And it's basically like, when you say, when you call me angry, I get more angry. Oh, it's is a mad woman. woman? Yeah. Yes. And so she basically was like, look, if you think I'm the villain, I'm going to be the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that one. I sorry, I just started picturing Genghis Khan like listening to Ready for It, like before going into battle. Absolutely, that's great going into battle song. That's like a high. I listen to that when I work out, which is basically the same thing as conquering all of Asia. Like Genghis Khan, like shadow boxing. (laughs) Quite literally. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I would say Genghis Khan, Swifty. Final answer. Fabulous. Next up. Is Abigail Adams Swifty or not Swifty? I think Swifty. I think Swifty, and I can defend this one. I did a re- school report, and I am obsessed on with Abigail Adams. Um, so Abigail Adams was John Adams' wife, who was second president of the United States, mm-hmm. um, and she was like throughout their marriage, she had like something like eight kids. She was the like typical stay-at-home mom, while political husbands off doing president stuff. And they used to send letters between, and through all of these letters, Abigail Adam is, Abigail Adams, ugh, is, like fighting for anti-slavery, fighting for feminism, just in like those that era. Yeah. So like just super ahead of her time, and then like fighting for the rights of her children, for slaves, for women mm-hmm. in general. And I think she would have loved Taylor Swift and like the girl power aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Hard agree. Yeah. Yes. Big agree. Easy. Easy Swifty. Um, Henry VIII. Henry VIII. 
I fear would not have been a Swiftie. I think he was not a Swiftie, and I think he would have beheaded you or created a new religion if he found out you were a Swiftie. I, on the whole, what was it, like 2008, Taylor versus Kanye, he would have stood mm. with Kanye. Oh, he is a, he's a, a, a very much a Kanye stan, I would say. <laughs> so not a Swiftie. Not, yeah, anti-Swiftie, I would go so far as to say. Here's the thing, though. I feel like every anti-Swiftie or, like, not Swiftie person I've come across has a guilty pleasure Taylor Swift song. Definitely. Oh, yeah. So, like, Henry VIII, I think, would also have been, like, Nixon in that, like, mm-hmm. anything with a little bit of misogyny. Yeah. Something, I... I kind of think Henry VIII's Guilty Pleasure song would have been Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> You're absolutely oh right. Oh my god. He said, look what you made me do. I beheaded all of my wives. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, that's such a good answer. That was definitely big Henry VIII energy there. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> that music video, I remember when it came out, I was like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. And now... I'm like, she, that was art. Oh, no, it, uh, it totally was. I think, wasn't it, like, one of the most expensive mu- music videos of all time? I would believe it. And it was something about, like, you know, the shot when she's, like, in the bathtub, uh, bathtub with the diamonds and everything? Mm-hmm. Like, something about, like, all of that made it, like, one of the most expensive music videos of all she time. She didn't use oh real... No, a girl, I think she did. Oh, my god! And uh, this is definitely going to have to be fact-checked. Um, <laughs> oh, hello, Cinnamon. Standing in for Frankie today, we have Marin <laughs> and Cole's dog Cinnamon, and um, she's extremely cuddly and very good at being being sleepy and and soft. She's we we say that she's part pig and part cow because she just makes a lot of wheezing and grunting <laughs> noises. So if you guys can hear her, <laughs> she I yeah she's just doing a little a little breathing a little sleepy breathing, um, and finally on our list of historical figures we have Richard the Richard the third yes so Richard the third was. Um, and also I would just like to qualify everything I've said up to this point with um, it could definitely be incorrect, <laughs> so, um, but Richard the third was. Um, in line for the English throne in like, I want to say like the 12 or 1300s. And basically his whole thing was, um, what he's known for is allegedly locking two of his nephews up in the London tower because they were closer in line to the throne than he was. So locking them up, letting them rot and die there. Wait, oh my God. Um, I've heard that story. Yes, it is nuts. It's a crazy story. I went to, in the Tower of London? Yes. I went there when I was a kid and they were like, yeah, there's two little little ghosts that hang out here. And I was like, I think I was like nine or 10 years old and I was like, those are his nephews and he allegedly well and so it's interesting because they found recently like skeletons in the tower of london and everybody's like you have to dna check them like see if those are richard the third's nephews like we all want to know and i don't i don't think there's been anything done um to this point but i am so curious but basically i think he would exclusively be a fearless stan, and I think exclusively, exclusively would love love story. Yes. That whole, like, I'm locked up in a tower, I need someone to come save me, I I should be the queen of whatever, like, that's total. Like the romanticism of it all. Yeah. yeah. The that's thing, total him. Okay, that, 
actually when you were telling the story i was thinking of nothing new when he's like someday Ooh. it's gonna happen like basically the whole time when she's like oh this other girl's like gonna show up and be like yeah that's what he was afraid of and he said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna stop that from ever happening by killing my nephews yeah Very wow practical. that's so romantic of him <laughs> that's the opposite <laughs> Taylor Taylor is doing the opposite of that. She's, like, lifting yeah. up Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> She's, like, my sweet baby who I adore. Yeah. And, um, which is, like, upon listening to Nothing New, very heartwarming that yeah. she's gotten to the point where she's, like, oh, I don't have to be afraid of that anymore. Well, I don't know. I don't know her personally. Yeah. All of this, this entire episode should come with a disclaimer. I have a massive parasocial relationship with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, it hit me. I think I, I really think I was like in middle school or high school. I was too old for it to be hitting me this way. I had to sit down and I realized I don't know her. I don't know her personally. Like that all just sort of washed over me at once. And I was like, oh my God, like I literally spend probably 40% of my time thinking about Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I don't know her. Well, I think that's so interesting because I think Taylor Swift is one of the biggest examples of parasocial relationships, but like mm-hmm. the like majority of her fans also feel that way yeah. because of the way that she markets herself. And yeah. like the secret sessions for one, mm-hmm. the way that she brings fans back into like if you're at concerts and her mom will grab you and bring her back. Yeah. Like without you paying for it. Like the way that she kind of caters with the Easter eggs too, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's like she's trying to create this kind of friendship. It's like she's doing it on purpose so that you feel super connected to her. And I think it's very smart of her as a businesswoman. But like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's so interesting compared to like other musicians who don't like have that same type of following. Like personal relationships are, you'll have it with any celebrity, but like, I think she like kind of cultivates it and like nourishes those types of like obsessions almost. I think when she realized that that's how it was happening, well, I mean, she's always done the Easter eggs even before people were really, before it was like cool, so to speak. Because I mean, I don't know about y'all. I used to sit there with the little lyric book that came with the CD. Oh my gosh. And I would write down because she would capitalize certain letters in the lyrics. And so I'd write them all down and there'd be a secret message in there. Yeah. And I was like, I that made me feel girl boss. Oh my gosh, you're taking me back to like my twelfth birthday. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I did that too. <sighs> okay, this is kind of off topic. I saw a TikTok the other day where they were talking about how they so um the new Batman movie like stole that marketing idea of capitalizing certain letters in a tweet. And if you typed in the capitalized letters, it would take you to like a chat box with like one of the characters from Batman and you could like it was like a clue to the movie. It's but cool. like I feel like Taylor, like, it's not necessarily, like, she didn't start that type of, like, messaging system at all. But, but I think she, she like, popularized like, it. Popularized it and made it, like, hers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I totally no, I agree. agree with you. And also, my takeaway from that is that Robert Pattinson is a Swifty. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but Edward Cullen... Not a Swifty. Not a Swifty. Too angsty to be a Swifty. There's, like, a passage in Twilight where he's, like talking about all the music of like certain decades and he's like oh i hate disco music and instantly i'm like you can't do <laughs> not like do you. not like you <laughs> red flag you got you went through the 70s and you didn't like abba like <laughs> <laughs> a massive red flag a massive red flag but like he would be too internalized misogyny and yeah like 
oh, I'm such an emo boy to <laughs> deal with Taylor Swift. His guilty pleasure song, though, would probably be Love Story. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, or White Horse. Oh, absolutely. And getting to come in on his White Horse and, well, like, save Bella. Do you guys think that Haunted was written for New Moon? I was about to say that. I truly, I saw a TikTok the other day that convinced me of it. Because um, think about the way that Haunted sounds. For anyone who hasn't heard that song, just hit pause, go listen to it. It's a slapper. Banger. Literally my favorite Taylor Swift song. So good. It hits so hard. It's pop rock as opposed to like the rest of the Speak Now album was a little lighter. But this one, like, she had like a huge bell that she get out there with a mallet during the tour and like ring the bell um but yes it's very it's um it's giving like paramore twilight soundtrack sort of vibes so didn't she in the tour wouldn't she do enchanted first and then like the lights would go dark and then she would do haunted i think Mm -hmm. yes so she would have these trees that were like lit up with like fairy lights during enchanted and then they would like turn like dark purple or something and Mm -hmm. like um then the strings come out, the chimes. Like, she made it a whole production, which makes me think that that was written... Well, didn't she write all of Speak Now herself? So yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if she had help on all of those, but... I don't... That's the one album I don't think anyone else touched any of the songs. Okay. I think she wrote that entire album exclusively, um, which, like, props to her. Can't yeah, wait to hear seriously. those vault songs. Like, oh, yes. my God. Oh. There, but, yes, and if you... I recently, since I saw that TikTok, basically the TikTok was like... Um, Taylor Swift was dating Taylor. How how did we decide that his last name is pronounced? Taylor Lautner. Lautner, not Lautner. Apparently, the way that we all thought it was. It feels wrong. For twenty years, we all thought it was Lautner, and he just let us get away with it. Like he corrected nobody. <laughs> but Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner were dating, and then they broke up. And so I guess the theory, the rumor, the secret, um is that she wrote Haunted for the New Moon soundtrack. Because if anyone's read or seen New Moon, it is very much like, so uh, not Robert Pattinson. Edward decides like, oh, I can't be around you, Bella, anymore. Like, I'm putting you in danger. And he just kind of leaves. And so, um, and it's sort of abrupt. Like, and then basically half of that book is her just like, I'm so sad. Like, like, unhealthy depression plus like catatonic like she's not trying Mm -hmm. to get better she's like hanging on really hard to this relationship and that's kind of what haunted is also she's like you're not gone you can't be gone like and then like he will try to take away my pain yeah and he might make me smile but i'm wishing it to you the whole time because she's hanging out with jacob i've never heard this no you've not heard this song or you've not heard the theory oh no i love this song i've never heard the theory yes i phenomenal oh absolutely so they oh no no no, sorry you first well i'm thinking about the strings like to go from writing on acoustic and electric guitars which we know is in her repertoire and then like piano obviously strings and like a whole orchestra is a whole new wheelhouse to compose for. Yes. And if she didn't let anyone else touch that, I'm so impressed with her, like, range in yeah. co- composition and, like, because mm. it's such a cohesive song. Like, she even, even though it doesn't match with the rest of the vibe of Speak Now at all, Yeah. she makes it work and it flows so well for the mood. I don't know. I kind of think it's one of her most... Like, not well-produced, but, like, well-composed yes. songs. Mm-hmm. Me with no music knowledge. <laughs> um, I just I just said, I like this one. 
Yes, but yeah, so it tells the story of New Moon, if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Um, it has the same vibe as a lot of the songs that were on those soundtracks. And um, people are saying that because, one, she and Taylor Lautner had broken up, mm-hmm. and they didn't want that to overshadow yeah. the film, that they took it off or didn't include it. And second, I guess Stephanie Meyer not, like, said something outright unkind about her or but like was kind of shady no. on top of all the other weird stuff that stephanie meyer has said and done I yeah are we surprised that she would say something <laughs> weird about taylor swift not shocked Boo. <laughs> tomatoes tomatoes tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> but yes so i love that was actually i'm glad we talked about that because um i wanted to ask y'all's opinion I, I, for one, I think it would have been on that, on the album. I think it was written for that. Yeah, it sounds like it would have been. I vaguely remember the book that I read when I was like 13. Yes. And I have not seen the movie, but it sounds like from what the information you have given me, it sounds like that's entirely plausible. I felt like such an idiot because for the longest time when I, whenever I would read New Moon or like during rereads, I would listen to that song and be like, wow, this fits Bella and Jacob and Edward so well. And then like... A year ago, maybe I was like, "Oh, maybe that was on purpose because the timeline matches up to when this was written." <laughs> You're like, like, "Yeah, she kind of did that." <laughs> oh, okay. I also, um, in in the vein of speak now, I I really think that's the next re-record that's dropping. I don't think it, you're right. I wish it was, but I don't think so. But here's why: um, the I bet you think about me music video. It's literally the plot of the song "Speak Now," speak now. which true. not exactly. It's basically about an ex coming to like, Crush like yeah. But in Speak Now, it's, it's like a, a wholesome yeah, because she's like, we were meant to be together, and he's like, you know what, you're right. Meet me yeah. at the back door, and yeah. they like leave together. And in that one, she just like, it's like fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> she gives the um like the new wife the scarf. Did yeah. you see that? I that. <gasps> oh, I love it. The red scarf from your sister's house. Yeah. Hashtag all too well. 10 minute version. Taylor's version. I love that it was Miles Teller and his wife in that music. Yes. Yes. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. Love oh. him. I, yes. I feel like he, I, I feel like he's, I was going to say he's underappreciated, but that's not true at all. I feel like he's appreciated enough. Yeah. Very handsome. Very he handsome was guys. great in that music video. Oh yeah. And Blake Lively directed it. <gasps> I forget that. That, amazing, yeah. that um, the suit that she was wearing throughout that music video gave such. Um, what is that movie with Blake Lively and One, Anna um, um, Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, I know it. I read the book. It's uh, a perfect I never something. Saw it. It's a perfect something. A perfect suit. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. It is a perfect suit. Blake Lively wears a lot of like very well tailored suits in that movie. So yes. That's what it reminded me of. Very yes. Very attractive. So, inconclusive on the name of the movie, but if you Google Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, I'm sure it would come up. Yeah. I feel like there's also, like, a lot of martini drinking in that yes. movie. Ooh, that's yeah. so classy. It is classy. Except for vermouth is really gross, so I don't know why you would ever, but... I don't think I've ever even had a martini. I've had one. Someone was like, oh, I love making cocktails, let me make you a martini. And I was like, this is delicious, thank you. And I like, did not like it. <laughs> I was also like freshly twenty one. Yeah. So I was literally just used to drinking like like juice. Like a vodka crayon. That's yeah, my go to. Same. And so anything that doesn't taste like that at that time, I was like, 
Uh, like oh, at that time, <laughs> girl, that's still me to this day, and probably will. Always oh my be. gosh! Speaking of cocktails, the cocktail you made last night was very lovely and oh, light you. and refreshing. Yes, those are very delicious. Yes. Um, for anyone wondering, it is a shot of gin with like a third of a shot of simple syrup, and then filled to the top with ice and grapefruit juice, and yes. it's just very yummy, delectable, uh, fabulous. Okay, sorry we got a little <laughs> off, but we're gonna we're gonna bounce right into our next set of questions. So, anyone who knows um, or is familiar with Taylor and the way that she structures her, I guess, not like structures her career, but like each album comes with like an era. So, she kind of dresses in a really like specific way and she has essentially a different hairstyle for every era, Mm -hmm. which I guess is not that like groundbreaking because if you think about it, that's just kind of how we all live our lives. But you can associate these changes specifically in her with her music. Mm Um, and her album drops. So, what era are you in right now? I think I'm in my folklore era. Um, are you having, like, sad girl hours? Not, like, in the way that, like, I'm sad. Just in the way that, like, I feel like... I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to make this not sound, like, so depressing. Because it's not sad. Yes. Like, I'm not sad. It's just that since... So, I graduated college in May of last year, May mm-hmm. of 2021. And life has not been everything I expected it to be. That's so fair. Um, and I think that that has caused me to, like... I feel like when you say, like, I've matured a lot, it <laughs> means you haven't, like, you haven't matured at all. Um, but I do feel like I've matured a lot, and life hasn't quite been what I thought it was going to be. And, like, I'm just trying my real hardest. Um, and I feel like I'm I'm just kind of at that point where it's, like, I feel like I'm actually like an adult and I'm like doing a job I don't want to do because I have to and like I I don't know I just I feel like I'm very much in line with like folklore right now is it that you think it's like a transitional period in your life because I feel like evermore and folklore are just like this kind of like not middle era but like I think I know what you mean about just you're transitioning from one period of your life to the next and it's just like this changing like evolving type yes definitely I'm definitely like in the process of evolving and it's interesting because so I decided to take a gap year before I go back to grad school um and I was like this is gonna be the best year of my life like I was expecting like like a 1989 year yes um and I was like this is gonna be the best year of my life I'm gonna make so much money and hang out with so many people all I'm gonna make so many friends And it has not been that at all. I go to a job that I could take or leave and then I go home and I go to bed because I'm exhausted. Like, and it's just not what I thought, but I have all these wonderful things like to look forward to. And I do have like things to appreciate. Certainly. Like I have very good friends who I'm speaking with right now. Um, I have a lovely support system, but like at the same time, it's like, I'm just trying to cope with getting ready for the next stage and I want to be there, but I'm not yet. So I, I, I just feel like I'm really very much in line with folklore right now. Is there any one song specifically that you're like, that me? <sighs> I will always go back to Mirrorball. That's my favorite song of all time by her. And maybe it's just because I have so many anxiety disorders. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But no, it's funny. It's, it's <laughs> definitely funny. Um, Mirrorball. But also This Is Me Trying, I think, is like hitting hard, especially right now. 
Like it's, oh. I'm sorry. This took like a sad, like no. it's not supposed to be sad. It's just like, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Here's yeah. the thing about Taylor Swift is that she has such a range of emotions yes. that she covers. And so if we didn't talk about her sad songs, yeah. I feel like it'd be a disservice to her. You're so right. I have never had a feeling and been like, there's not a Taylor Swift song for this. Right. <laughs> like ever in my life. Like I feel like any, like as I'm growing up, like she's releasing music that speaks to me at the stage I'm at in my life. Yes. Like it's amazing how she does that. So literally since I was 10 years old, she's been doing it. Well, I, I'm always so impressed because she's not a relatable person. She has not lived yes. this life that is like the standard middle class like experience. She's grown up basically she, since she was about 15 mm-hmm. and started this trajectory where she's one of the most well-known mm-hmm. musicians and just people in general. And she's loaded and she has all these famous friends and boyfriends and mm-hmm. family. Um, And so... But she, every single song, she imbues this, like, resonance that everyone can connect yeah. to. And so yeah. I don't know how she manages to be so relatable. So normal. Even as she is not. Like, obviously, she's a person. She's mm-hmm. going to have relatable moments. But in the grand scheme of things, she is not connecting with each of us, like, in a conversation on, in an easy way. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. her music is so impressive in that way. Yeah. I completely agree. She popped off. She did. She always does, and she always will. Marin, what era are you in? I think... So, I was thinking maybe I'm also folklore and Evermore, but then I thought that I have, like... So, like Sally, I just graduated, and I'm in the process of studying for my CPA exam, which is kind of, like, life-sucking and sad and not fun at all. Um, But at the same time, I'm about to get married. I have all these trips that I have planned, and I'm... Like, in this stage where it's, like, I'm getting to this, it's also transitional, but I have so much hope that I feel like I am in the lover era. Yeah. I was going to say, I... Like, all the colors and, like, just not necessarily 100% happy all the time, but just, like, so many opportunities to look forward to, and I'm just very grateful for, so... Yeah, I think I, when I was like thinking about what questions to ask, I was like, oh, I feel like Marion is going to say lover. And not just because you're getting married, but like. Well, and it's such a privilege that I have the the opportunities that I do. And like, I, can, I have the ability to stay home and study and not have to work and, mm-hmm. um, and being able to go on trips like I want to do and get to do and just things to look forward to, again, is not necessarily relatable for all of us, but. I don't know. Like, I think I like when I was working full time, I totally had that same experience of like going to work, coming home, falling asleep, talking to no one. Um, But yeah, I think because of the extracurriculars in my life, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love Lover. Oh my gosh. Morgan, what era are you in? What a difficult question. I love to come up with questions to ask people, but I hate to answer (laughs) questions. Do not perceive me. Do not see me. Do not hear me. Um, I, so I'm trying to think. Although reputation is very angsty, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a love letter. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. And then on the other hand, like Lover is, I think, meant to look like that. But it's like not at all. It's very mm-hmm. like, please don't leave. That being said, I'm not I'm not seeing anyone, so I don't relate to either of those aspects at this moment. Um, I kind of feel like I might be in my 1989. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Because it's very like, I think the thing I think that sticks out to me most is maybe like, um, new romantics. Oh yeah, literally one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> there was a period of time last summer that that was the only song I listened to for like ten days. No, yeah, because it's that good. It's so good. I honestly, this is so embarrassing. I picture myself when I hear that song. I'm like rollerblading at like a disco ring, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I am a romantic. Like, it's so, oh my god, like the the energy in that song is just unmatched. It's oh, it's unbeatable. fabulous. I yes, I kind of think I'm in my new romantics era. Oh, I love, I love that. She's like, yes. If you haven't heard that song, go listen to it. And on that note, as we have um, no doubt recorded far more than needed. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to Hot Girl Energy. And thank you, Sally and Marin. Do you all want to go ahead and plug your socials? Do you have anything you'd care to share? Uh, Sort your local library. Fabulous. Hot Girls Read. Hashtag Hot Girls Read. It's true. Uh, Amazing. Fabulous. Hot Girl Energy is recorded by yours truly. My name is Morgan Riley Rowe and produced by Arlo Tomachek. To stay in the loop, follow Hot Girl Energy podcast and my blog, morganreillyrowe.com. I can't wait to chat with you more. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Have a fabulous day.